need some jam. Mm-hmm. Talkie Talk, the podcast for TheMealBios.com. Joining me today is TJ. Yep. Brent. Hi. And Chris. Hello. Today we're going to talk about our homework and then have a main topic. Yay. Yeah. So our homework from last week was assigned by TJ. Yep. And it was called 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Uh, do a quick rundown of plot for anybody who hasn't seen it in a while. Although I bet most people have seen it at some point in their lives. But it's a uh, modern... At the time, 99, retelling of Taming of the Shrew. It's got a deep cast, uh, especially now looking back. Yeah. Uh, Jogo Love was already pretty popular after his uh, Third Rock run. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jess Gordon-Levitt, Julia Stiles, which maybe kind of launched her a little bit before she was in a lot of... Was before Save the Last Dance and before the uh, Bourne trilogy, I mm-hmm. think. Heath Ledger and... His Along with role. The, the Patriot might have been paired as a breakout role for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabrielle Union in her first ever film. I looked that up. Is it not her first film? It's. I think there's a movie that predates it by two months. Oh, they're wow. both 99. I think uh, She's All That or something like that. Okay. Also, same kind of ilk. Yeah. What's the name of the dad? Larry Miller. Larry Miller. He's fantastic. In, yeah, he's and really fantastic funny. in everything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... Uh, so it is, it is Taming of the Shrew. Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays a kid who, love at first sight, falls in love with Julia Stiles' younger sister, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Also and, known as Alex Mack. Yeah. <laughs> From the secret world of Alex Mack. She really blew up. And, uh, yeah, pretty much they try to start, him and his little friend start devising ways for her older sister to go on dates because it is a father of Bianca and Kat's mm-hmm. rule that... Uh, once Cat goes on a date, Bianca can start dating, and Cat is a true. She is like a super feminist, hates men, doesn't want to go on dates, just wants to go to college. At yeah. Allison Janney says, I believe the term is heinous bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Allison Janney's also in it. She's a school counselor. So. Yeah. So, yeah, then hilarity ensues. They end up hiring Heath Ledger's character to try to woo Cat into going on a date, and they end up falling in love. Yeah, it, it is a because the dad, very very you honest. Said the dad's rule. Yeah, it's the yeah. dad's rule that that Bianca, the pretty one who Joseph Gordon-Levitt wants to go on a date with, can't date until Cat does. Mm-hmm. So they devise a way to pay Heath Ledger to take Cat on dates. <laughs> yeah, and then they fall in love. It's pretty honest, Taming of the Shrew retelling. Yeah. Then there's mm-hmm. the added twist of that Bianca doesn't want. She's in on this, but she doesn't. She's not in on it to date Joseph Gordon-Levitt at the beginning. She's in on it because she wants to date. Uh, Joey, the yes. the model, the dumb the, model, yeah. douchebag guy. Yeah. Who, by the way, Andrew Keegan, one of the most perfect casting choices ever. Such for, a douchebag uh, mm-hmm. for that yeah. role. I like when he's going through his uh, poses for all the different modeling things, and they're like Zoolander; they're all the same. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's kind of a quick rundown of the plot. About halfway through the movie, I realized that we had talked about this with Swinger Some, but this movie is a true like time capsule to yeah. high school in the late nineties. 
And I think it, part of the reason why it holds up for me is is that it's super nostalgic mm-hmm. and, and what they're all yeah. what everybody's wearing, how they're talking, the, the cliches that are in it, and especially the music, yeah. like the Save Ferris and Letters to Cleo. Yeah, and opening up with uh, they had their one window, week, and it was like that year. <laughs> oh right, super yeah. Popular. The the opening with one week is the just the most perfect late nineties <laughs> yeah. decision. Yeah, and I was enough of a BNL head to understand like, is this a remix of that song? It sounds a little different. And it was a remix. <laughs> <of that song>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought the movie, you know, it's not like a masterpiece, but it holds up. It's fun. It's yeah, fun to watch. It's an adorable it, movie. Yeah, and it's got the, the acting isn't horrible because you get Joseph Gordon Levitt and Heath Ledger, who are good actors. Yeah, um, Heath Ledger's great in it. I thought. One of the fun. funniest things in it, I think, is when uh, um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think his name's Cameron? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Cameron and his buddy, David Grumholtz, go to him at the at the pool, when he's playing pool, he's like, yeah, she doesn't like smokers. He's like, all right, I'll quit smoking. And she likes pretty boys. And they look at him, and he's just like, it's so slow. <laughs> he goes, am I not pretty? <laughs> yeah. He just, like, uh, commits to it. Yeah. What would you say the actual theme of this movie is? I'm wondering if something that, you know, it's a time capsule that may date it a little bit. Yeah, that's a good question. Never really thought about them. Like, because, like, how does the main character get what they want? I mean, it's definitely a, a good guys finish first 90s movie. The two, the two main male leads are genuinely in love with their female counterparts, I think, mm-hmm. at, at the end. Anyway. I mean, they even, like, go the extra mile to mop up the... He's still got paid all this money for it when he buys her the guitar she wants at the end. Right. You know. I guess I was thinking of uh, the treatment of the females in the thing, which is, like, some sexism probably inherited from the story. Yeah. Just from when it was written in Billy Shakespeare's time. Right. <laughs> and uh, just the 90s, I guess, but... Yeah. The She's... Keeps on being called a bitch over and over again in the movie. It started to get a little uncomfortable. Yeah, she's, she's also a kind bitch. of a bitch there in the beginning. Like, <laughs> she's not a she's not a likable character in the beginning. Like, she goes out of her way to just like talk shit about everybody. Like, even the black teacher who you like, she's like a she's a dick to him. She's she's sarcastic. Yeah, I guess for Cat um, to get what she wants, does she abandon her feminist ideals and all that things? I don't know about abandon, but I think she has to drop her guard a little bit. Like the the wall of cynicism that she puts up. Yeah, maybe compromise her ideals for like a more realistic, enjoyable life. Well, and you realize too. Um, I know we had a snafu with my homework assignment, and then it got pulled off of Netflix. So I know some of y'all haven't watched it as recently as David or I have. But um, you know, you realize as the plot develops that she was, she used to be like a cheerleader. Pretty mm-hmm. girl type who dated Joey mm-hmm. and decided that she wasn't going to do things because other people wanted her to do things. And that's really it. She was never like an uber feminist. She was just like, I'm not going to well, go out of my way to please people anymore. Also that way, when she lost her virginity to him, <laughs> right. and after she didn't want to do that again, uh, Joey abandoned her. So she's kind of betrayed by men to get to the spot she was in when we start the movie. Yeah. Right. That's, that's part of the reveal partway throughout. Yeah, but uh, the her like I'm swearing against doing things because other people tell me to doesn't involve, you know, all men are going to treat me like shit I, uh, necessarily. I, I, well, the you, her stance there is out of the betrayal by Joey, though. Yeah, 
But I mean, that's not her ideals. Her ideals aren't all men suck. She's just, you know, her ideals is I'm not going to do anything because other people tell me it's the right thing, the thing I should do. Yeah. So I don't think she betrays her ideals by like dating a guy and falling in love with him. It's her kind of getting over a shit card she was dealt. Sure. I'm just trying to think about it with a different perspective because, yeah. all right, there's the bitch thing. She's kind of a bitch, but there's so many references to uh, periods and PMS. Yeah. Like marginalizing stuff and having panties in a twist yeah. and reducing people. It's super people. sexist. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I didn't remember that much, that as much. It does kind of justify her so you don't like absolutely loathe her. Maybe that's why it's, it's in the movie. That kind of thing. So you're... Because you have to have... This character has to have redeeming qualities. And if people aren't treating her like shit the whole time and she's just an asshole to everybody, that's not going to come across well. Mm-hmm. So you have to have her kind of being treated like shit for the payoff to happen where you're not... Yeah, the wall that he has to break down can't be so tall right. that it doesn't make sense for the resolution of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're also both daughters are dealing with the trauma of the, uh, the mother... Uh, leaving them, which I think is handled pretty well in the movie. Yeah, it is. They both try to um, like psychologize the 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 father a little bit. All these rules are because you couldn't control mom and all, and she abandoned all of us. Right. Kind of saying it's it's the dad's fault that they're in the situation they're in a little bit. If you peel back a layer of like the conversations they have. Yeah. So, Bianca gets betrayed by by Joey, sure, but also, you know, it's a uh, Primal betrayal by the mother abandoning them. True. Hmm. So I could I could see where I guess I was much more sympathetic to Cat uh, this time around. Yeah, I mean, regardless of it being right or not, too, Bianca also feels betrayed by her father and her sister, though. Yes. So it's 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 tough, which man, makes the story good. It's obviously a good story. Yeah. You know. But. Yeah, Shakespeare pretty good at coming up with yeah. stories. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last I checked. <laughs> you put that up on the wall for Dr. Tom. <laughs> Shakespeare? It's pretty good. <laughs> I do like, uh, yeah, early on, everybody's uh, real sarcastic and cynical, especially the, like, the repartee with um, Kat and her father going back and forth. Yeah. Like, at just one point, I just wanted the father to go, like, man, are we a snarky family or what? <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been talking mostly about Cat. Uh, Heath Ledger as Patrick, I thought it was just he was fantastic. Yeah, he's really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's so charismatic in that role. Yeah, charismatic yeah. and committed, and like the famous scene that's parodied yeah. in. Uh, I was, that's um, what I was chuckling at. I just remembered. None of the teen movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jenny's got a gun. Oh my god, Jenny's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody runs. But what's the song they do? The I got you. Uh, you're just too good to be too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't yeah. take my eyes off you. Can't take my eyes off you. Just like his his commitment to it and the physicality of him You're running like away and doing like vaudeville <laughs> legs across yeah. all the stuff and yeah. juking the guards mm-hmm. and patting one of the guards on the butt as yeah. he's like heading out. He's yeah. got this huge smile on his face the whole time. Like yeah, he, yeah it's it's great. That movie made him a star. It should have made him a bigger star. I think. Mm-hmm. He had, he had to suffer through the Patriot to get there. <laughs> yeah, the Patriot was like next year, I think. Yeah. 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 When was, uh, sorry, when was Night's Tale? Was it like 2002? 2001. Okay. Is it the so, same director? There's a two. I drove to see that movie in theaters. Okay. So, I mean, it may have come out in one, but yeah. It was in theaters in 2002, for sure. 
<laughs> There's also a lot of, like, with cat sarcasm. This is something I noticed that I, I like to call Chandler Bing jokes. It's like they're listening to something on the radio, and Kat's like, you know, I should do that. And he's like, what, start a band? And she's like, no, install car stereos. <laughs> <laughs> That's in almost like every other Friends episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some of the, the douchebagginess was a bit, I feel like I've been saying this all podcast, but eye-rolly. Like when he just inexplicably parks behind her at the music store. Mm-hmm. And like also, why are all these people go to the music store? <laughs> like, I guess it is the nineties. <laughs> but yeah, he just like parks behind her in the middle of the road. Like, dude, like I don't like. I know you're a douchebag and all, but I don't know many people that would just stop their car in the middle of the road. And then she rams them, and there's like no ramifications. <laughs> like, well, wait, yeah. Like, wait, wait a minute. They talk afterwards. And Dad's like, my insurance is going to go up because of this. Because yeah, my premiums like, don't cover PMS. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be the, the least of my worries. I feel yeah, like true. if my kid just rammed some car on purpose. Should you go to jail for that? I don't know. Do you guys ever go on uh, TVTropes.com? I have. It's like a, a treasure trove of like a bunch of stuff running through things. I looked up uh, this and from what I was watching, and it hits like some of the best 90s teen movie stuff. Of starts off with a slow motion walk. Bianca's introduced with the slow uh, motion yeah. walk. They parody a non-in-the-team movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, Name the Clicks. Where yeah, they get introduced yeah. to the high school. And it's like, here are the clicks for this. You know, that's in Mean Girls too. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, high school wagers was like a big thing. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. I think she's all that and cruel intentions and stuff. It's all about like, high school life isn't tough enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they gotta like, fuck with people. People crashing parties, old people speaking slang. You got the dad saying like, you don't want you to get, I don't want you to get jiggy with them. <laughs> or something like that. And then something that was good in a SNL sketch that I liked is like uh, comparing Shakespeare to hip hop. I feel like it's such a cliche at this yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Boz. <laughs> yeah, her reading the poem at the end. Like, I feel like that's a trope of movies because that would never happen in any high school. <laughs> For like, who wants to read their poem, obviously, about somebody else in the class in front of the whole class and cry a bunch? Yeah, I feel like in high school I never had to read a poem in front of anybody. I don't think. No, because I'd just seem like just like send me to the principal's office. Like I'll take ISS before I read poetry in front of the classroom. That's also one thing I realized. And this is such a minor thing, but when Cat gets in trouble, she goes to the guidance counselor. Does this not have a principal or a vice principal? <laughs> this I don't know. School? I've, um... The only two teachers you ever see are the gym teacher who Cat flashes and like has a bizarre sexually charged diversion scene yeah. and the English teacher and then there's a guidance counselor <laughs> that's it when people get in trouble they go to the guidance counselor so um, my girlfriend went to high school in the same county as me but a different high school and they were sent to the guidance counselor when they got in trouble if it wasn't like depending on the the harshness of their act hmm. but we didn't we always went to the principal's office mm-hmm. yeah, or vice principal but yeah. if you were like if you were like spatting with the teacher you got sent to the David, David talks about like like he made any waves <laughs> he got into any disciplinary trouble in high school I treated high school like prison like I just like I made I had no put your right head there. down get in get out serve your time <laughs> kill a motherfucker on the first day <laughs> find the biggest guy <laughs> so, so you're not it <laughs> It's some part of prison, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you get out of the 
high school with a swastika tattoo on your forehead. (laughs) (laughs) By by midway through your senior year, you had dug a tunnel. (laughs) Random posters of Raquel Welch everywhere. (laughs) Instead of a swastika, it was the Smashing Pumpkins heart (laughs) on my forehead. Or STP. (laughs) Or that little S everybody always drew. Six lines, yeah. So I was your science project was making license plates. <laughs> oh, this is definitely pre-Columbine movie because the guy's got like a butterfly knife and he's like lighting flames and smoking cigarettes in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With his weird sorry, best, sorry for the dad. With his weird best friend who never never Columbine. talks, yeah. the like super punk kid. Oh yeah, who just pulls a cigarette out of his mouth <laughs> like around the Bunsen burner. That was also a trope that the bad guys are really good at, like, wood shop. <laughs> That's all they wanted to do in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at the director because uh, I've never, I'd never really heard of him before. Gil Younger? Mm. Is his name? Carl's okay. grandson. And uh, <laughs> he directed only three movies. This was his directorial debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Not he, a bad shot. I know, it's yeah, pretty, pretty good. Good. Yeah. good start. 2001, he followed it up with Black Knight. Black Knight is good. <laughs> Martin Lawrence movie? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's like it's also a retelling of an old story, though. Yeah. Weird. In 2004, he did a movie called If Only, which starred Jennifer Love Hewitt, and it was a romantic fantasy film. Ooh. Um, and then he died? <laughs> not, not that no. kind of fantasy, TJ. <laughs> but I was reading, there was... Uh, he had planned and cast and even started production on a movie called 10 Things I Hate About Life, starring Evan Rachel Wood. And uh, the movie got canceled. <laughs> there is there is a TV show. I was going to say there is a god. That is 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah, I think... Yeah, when did that come out? No clue. A while ago? Yeah. I never saw the TV show. Mm-mm. Yeah, they started filming this in 2013. And it's still going on in 2014, but apparently it got canceled somewhere along the lines. Hmm. Before the end, probably. Yep. <laughs> and by the way, how much of a symbol of Kat's like feminism and her otherness is reading the bell jar? I feel like that's in so many movies. Someone referencing Sylvia Plath or reading the bell jar. You could do like a supercut of that. Well, I mean, I think it's the same as it's it's like an intro feminist piece that you have access to in high school. The same way that like if it's a movie about being in college, like Simone de Beauvoir is the go-to for like students first foray into feminist literature true i guess another representation like if you have an outsider character they're reading catcher in the rye or something like that right beholden mm-hmm. to holden mm-hmm. <clears throat> i just like noticed some minor stuff when they first go out when um when cat's playing soccer and they they like introduce the the wager to patrick verona yeah. It's like, what is he even doing on the football field? Right. He's just like out there smoking cigarettes with the punk. It's like, why are they on the field to begin with? Yeah. <clears throat> it's it's pre-lockdown schools. Yeah, they, also because they were teaching them archery with real arrows. Yeah. <laughs> like that, no fucking way. And like, students can go anywhere, be doing anything at any point during the school day. You know, you have unfettered access to the school and all of its facilities after hours. Like Also, like... That shit don't play these days. That high school's bullshit, and I looked it up, and that's a legit public high school. Like, what the hell? Who goes there? 
Why is Cheap Trick on the roof with no access? How do they get there? <laughs> I was like, pause on the end credits. Not Cheap Trick, but the bank covering Cheap yeah. Trick. Yeah. It's letters to Cleo again. Yeah, that's right. I'm trying to find like where this where the ladder of the stairs are. You couldn't see it. Yeah. I was like, how do they get there? Do they helicopter that man in just for the shot? Because <laughs> that would be crazy. Also had a nice paintball scene. I feel like paintball was bigger on that. That is not paintball. But they do paintball like as it, hand grenades. It's, ter- <laughs> it's terrifying. It's like paintball. Like of all the things where they like take the guns and like the the edginess out now for life, like they have a paintball scene where they just have satchels full of paint <laughs> and they just like chuck at each other. It feels so toxic. Yeah, I feel like that was a bad waste of money on that date though too. Yeah, they probably spent like forty bucks. To go run around and throw paint at each other. Yeah, like you can go to Sherwin. You can go to Sherwin Williams and do that. <laughs> <laughs> have money for the food court. Yeah, but then you can't tussle in the hay afterwards. That's true. Ugh. Swing by Home Depot, get some hay. Along the way. So this is odd. Uh, <laughs> the Teen Choice Awards introduced the category Choice Movie Villain in 1999. And let me tell you the characters that got nominated for this award. Uh, they were both Ryan Phillippe and Sarah Michelle Gellar's characters from Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar ultimately won the award. Sure. Uh, the uh, killer from uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay. More villainous than the previous, but carry um, on. So, Angelica Houston from Ever After, a Cinderella story. Never saw that. She's, uh, she's the, the stepmother. Ray Park as Darth Maul from Phantom Menace. Mike Myers as Dr. Evil from <laughs> The Spy Who Shagged Me. i surprised that didn't win. An oddly, like, serious one in here. Chris Cooper from October Sky as, like, the... Uh, the dad? The hateful father. <laughs> uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt from 10 Things I Hate About You. As a villain? As a villain. Yes. That's gotta be, like, a typo. <laughs> no, it's the weirdest thing. It's, it makes no sense. That's weird, because he's, he's the guy, like, I most sympathize with yeah. in the entire movie. Theme? Like, high school, like, analysis theme? Money can't buy love. But, but he but says Byer Stratocaster at the and, end. Yeah. And then she does kind of forgive him because of that. <laughs> but, yeah, that's definitely part of it. Yeah. So my question is, is Jordan Gord- is Joseph Gordon-Levitt some sort of villain in this movie? Well, from and Joey's he, perspective, he is. Yeah, from the villain's perspective, he's the villain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is uh, Ariel the villain from Little Mermaid? Well, according to Ursula. <laughs> yeah. She got, just, that, she got that good, good voice. I think in no other way, he's, he's a bad guy. He sets the wager in place, but... Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't know. He's I, just like I an honest that. kid, like, on, like tells Bianca that thinks this is bullshit about, like, her using him. And the turn's, like, halfway throughout the movie that she starts being interested in him. It's not like it's a reveal at the end or anything. I don't know. It's weird. He was also nominated for, uh... <laughs> choice Hitsy Fit at the, uh... Teen Choice Awards. I can't believe they took time to make a category for the best hissy fit. The 1999. Is one of them like also American Beauty or something? <laughs> <laughs> Doing the, the high and low. Choice hissy fit. Chris also, Cooper Chris shooting Cooper. Kevin Spacey for being gay. Joseph <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Levitt asked for his top 10 movies and gave a list with Citizen Kane at number two and 10 Things I Hate About You is number one. <laughs> I'm surprised I can't find any, like, at least a Reddit thread where somebody's like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Why? 
Who considers him a villain? Especially when they, I mean, with all the other nominees there, which are like clearly villainous types in movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Darth Maul's a little conflicted. <laughs> a bit of an anti-hero. He was trying to end that movie series. <laughs> he was trying to do us all a favor, and oh, Hayden Christensen wasn't in it yet. Well, did you guys want to do a draft? Yeah, I was going to. Uh, uh, yeah, so we're drafting um, five couples. One of which has to be a high school student from movies, TVs, or video games. Um, Let me ask: Do you, do you need do they do they just have to be high school age, or do you need to actually know that they are in high school by seeing them in some sort of high school setting? You need. I think you need some yeah, sort you need, of high school setting. Okay. Well, you just you need to know you need to know for sure they were in high school. Okay. Whatever that means, they can refer to it. That's fine. Okay. My original rule was I'm the arbiter of things that will pass and not pass in this cool. draft, and I'm going to be super lenient on the couple thing, but super strict on the high school aspect. Um, but they need to be a romantic couple, not just like two best friends. Uh, I'll be up for debate on that. It kind of depends. I mean, I think I think. No, you, you said last week, no, that they had to be some sort of romantic okay. well, pair. they had to be romantic. Not just friends. Right. Or not, not like <laughs> so even gonna, a will-they-won't-they. They, like. Do they have to ultimately couple up, or can it be a it unrequited be love? Yeah, or like, like one-day qualifies. Yeah. One kiss qualifies. We held hands for a day. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Those edgy teen movies where they... I'm not going to explain how I'm doing this. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. You're up, then David, then me, then Brent. Okay. So, Chris, TJ, David. Chris, David, TJ, Brent. Now it's all fucked up, TJ. <laughs> Start over. going clockwise. Chris. I just picked the first one and it was going clockwise from now. Clockwise. Oh. Got it. And then we'll go back. Oh, that keeps us... We're snaking too, right? Yep. Got all a right. snake. I don't have a lot of room. I should probably do this then, too. <clears throat> All right. Well, kick it off. And so this is double date. This yeah, it's, is like, it's, it's not your like best couples or your favorite couples for movies. It is somebody that you want to go on a double date. All with. taken. And, you and, your and, and why do you want to go out with them? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then I I took this from the perspective of not like who would be most interesting. Some of them are on there for that, but mm-hmm. it's what would the date be. Yeah. yeah, and that's good. That interested me a lot. <laughs> How was your hair caught in your hat? <laughs> Seems funny. All right. So, for me, my first choice, even when thinking about this category, is I want to hang out with some wizards, and I'm going Ron and Hermione right out the gate. It's a great pick. Oh, I didn't even think about them. Because they, they were my number two. I clarified after the cast last week with TJ. I'm like, so Hogwarts isn't really a high school, but they're high school age and they're in school. Yes, yeah, definitely. And fair. Yeah, yeah they, that's fair. They were on my list. So I'm going Ron and Hermione. Uh, you know, see cool shit. You know, maybe they've got you know neato spells. Maybe they're on the run. You know, I'll probably die if there's like actual conflict. But and so know. so we're clear. Not to interrupt you. Uh, yeah. Ron and Hermione are now off the board, but. The Harry Potter verse is not yeah. technically right. If you really want to sit with that awkwardness of Harry and Cho, go for it. <laughs> or, or Ginny. Oh, that's true. <laughs> or Hagrid and Buckbeak. <laughs> 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 Who knows? Might have gotten romantic. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's a good pick. That was that was high on my list. 
It's a good pick. Uh, for my double date strategy, I went with people that are going to have interesting stories. Yep. That we could we could take the date somewhere, and I'd be interested in what they're talking about. So as far as maybe a couple that was uh, a little worldly, had seen a bunch of stuff, maybe seen some great historical events throughout time. I'm doing a double date with Ted, Theodore Logan, and Princess Interchangeable. Princess Joanna. <laughs> I couldn't figure out which one was which because they're always just together. Okay. Nice. But this is a deep-seated love of that movie and the sequel. And nice. it just would be, I think they're, Ted and uh, Bill and Ted are both funny. And they're smarter than they project in the movie. Like saying something is a foot at the circle K. Yeah, <laughs> like more vocab than just like the the woes and stuff. Right. And plus, this guy has like hung out with Napoleon and hung out with Socrates and Beethoven. Yeah, Socrates. <laughs> and you know, Princess Joanna or Elizabeth. Not sure which one. Maybe they change out. And he is bested death in a game of wits. Yeah. Like, and he could tell me about like how weird was hanging out with Station. <laughs> I thought maybe it would be available to me back around, but when I was thinking about it, I you wanted to snatch that off the, the, the Tediverse. Nice. I and like of course, that. I go uh, Ted Theodore Logan, Bill S. Preston Esquire. It's a little bit more vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Um, my strategy was kind of all over the place. I went with some of what both y'all are saying. I went total material. I'm like, I just want to stare at that girl during our date. Or uh, they're rich, they'll pay for everything. <laughs> That'd be sweet. I've got a couple like that on my board. Yeah. Uh, but my number one's still on the on the table, so I'm going to take it because uh, I just can't think of a more fun date than going with Ferris Bueller and Sam. I figured that was going to be it. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was my just let one. him play in the day and party on. Yeah, I was. I was thinking there there couldn't be anything more fun than uh, like it sounds like a perfect day. Just you know, you go to a, like an art museum and you go to <laughs> a really restaurant. fancy restaurant. And then you go to a Von Steuben Day parade <laughs> that's clearly not on Von Steuben Day. And everybody dances for you and you just drive around in your friend's sweet-ass car. Yeah. And you get to look at Sloan. So you just go skinny dipping with Sloan. This yeah. is yeah. under the assumption that Ferris Bueller does exist. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> otherwise it date with Or not. <laughs> it's an awkward double date, though. I can talk her into doing Sloan stuff. Oh, gosh. <laughs> You need to cut this out. A bunch of creeps on this podcast. She doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it comes down to me. I was I was really hoping to, if all three of you passed on Ferris and Sloan, I was going to have a, a, a nice little oh yeah moment with that. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I'm just going with uh, a couple that seems pretty cool, and uh, I don't know, they're pretty laid back, and I think I would like that on a double date. And uh, at least one of them is into... Music that I might like. I'm going with Juno McGuff and Polly Bleeker. Yeah, from Had the movie Juno. They are smart, and the conversation would be moving by at a good pace, and at least a little bit funny. Talk I was about hamburger phones. Yeah, and, yeah. When I was also, right, a young couple giving up a child for adoption is pretty mature. Pretty mature thing. So I have to ask a question. Are all of these dates going out on like one big five, like a six couple date? Or no. is it just I picture these double, double date. date? I picture different. these individual double dates. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not like a, a, like a 12 person orgy date. <laughs> <laughs> just a normal foursome date. <laughs> yeah. Um, with my uh, snaky pick. Um, 
this is a this is a very natural couple. They always uh, loved each other a lot, which uh, I appreciated. I like just a good devoted couple. Um, they also happen to be very powerful and could get me out of a jam if anything arose. I'm going with uh, Tara McClay and Willow Rosenberg from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Nice, um, fun. No one of those people even. I'm all, I haven't watched Buffy or. It's uh, Allison Hannigan and uh, forget the other girl's name, but uh, um, an actress you'd recognize. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. It's a uh, yeah. I don't know. They I always liked uh, Willow on that show. Yeah, she seemed the most like the one that I would be most likely to be friends with hmm. on the show. Nice. Back to me. Mm-hmm. Back to you. This is one of the uh, they'll just pay for everything, and I get to hang out in their sweet house. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'm taking uh, Cher and Josh from Clueless. Yeah, I had them on my list. Yeah, I get to hang out with Alicia Silverstone and uh, Paul Rudd, which is fun. Yeah, aren't you gonna say like, isn't it weird that you guys are step siblings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. laughs> um. Yeah, they seem like an interesting enough couple. Josh, super smart, mm-hmm. and Cher, not annoying, which is hard to come by as I was making my list. Finding high school couples that weren't just annoying as yep. shit. Cher's a little annoying. I don't think so, really. I mean, she's got her heart in the right place, at least. Yeah, just the way she talks well, is annoying. Okay. <laughs> her heart's in the right place. It's not in her foot. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, Cher here's, here's a thought. Would this date take place in, like, 1996? Or... Today. I was picturing taking place today with the characters you bring in. That's how I was thinking about mm-hmm. it, but I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. It's, it's a groundbreaking movie, especially capturing teenage slang. I just wonder how the as-ifs of the world would... would uh, <laughs> how that would feel it if you're just like and, at a restaurant. And you're transporting them from the movie, from like their world, into yours for a double date, right? It's not like... All right, for my next pick, I'm going to go also some interesting stories. Um, Don't you do it. I'm going to go with a person who was a natural investigator. Fuck. <laughs> it's on my list, but it's not next. And a person who had some interesting, uh, really unlucky high school with all the murder and stuff that took place. I'm going Veronica Mars and Logan Eccles. Nice. Next pick. <laughs> and she's also like uh, another uh, wisecracking... A uh, very witty person. So is Logan. Mm-hmm. So have some great conversation. Have some laughs. Talk about some very dark things that happened in their high school. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, a lot of death. I thought they'd be a great double date because Logan. The key with Logan is if you get him away from all the people he cares about impressing, he's mm-hmm. a really great guy. Yeah, in that show. Yeah. But when he's around everybody else, he's such a douchebag. But hopefully, none of the other O uh, Niners would come in during uh, during your double date, and Logan mm-hmm. would have to. Be an ass all of a sudden. Yeah, Veronica's great. Yeah, I just yeah. really love that show. Yeah, too. yeah. She's a great character. Do you watch, very, I very never watched the show. I watched the movie. Okay, I saw. I saw, I saw the both. Movie was good. Yeah, I saw both. The the third season of Veronica Mars is kind of weak when they're in college. Yeah, yeah a little and bit. she gets recruited by the FBI. That's a thing that happened. Yeah, in the third season. Yeah, <laughs> I was actually thinking about Veronica Mars and if you could pick her college boyfriend, Piz. Yeah, because mm, like, was, yeah, because does that is that ineligible? Because it's when they're in college, even yeah. though it's a high school show. So. Yeah, but I went, I, went, I went through extremes to eliminate people like that. <clears> yeah, list. Mm-hmm. So you go Logan over Duncan, your team Logan. Yeah, because they end up together, and yeah, yeah. Duncan was, I think, never really got off. Uh, what's her name? Yeah, that died. Mm-hmm. His sister. Yeah, wait. 
Does, was it his sister who died? It's in been a while since first season. Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Whatever. He had the uh, Duncan's had, also kind of boring. He, Duncan yeah. is very boring. He got the uh, the cheerleader pregnant or whatever, and they moved off to Mexico. Yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. For my next pick, I thought you were gonna go full on like Time Lord crazy dates and mm-hmm. take my pick. My pick is Marty McFly and Jennifer. I think that's his, his girlfriend's name. Yeah. Because not that I would get a shot at riding the DeLorean and travel around time. <laughs> but, but it's worth the worth the chance. Yeah. That's a great pick. I didn't even have it on my list. Yeah. So I'm going. Marty's also just a cool guy. Yeah. And I want to hear crazy stories about Doc Brown and find out if, you know. Maybe like hang out with him for drinks later. Yeah. But what if he just wants to talk about his band? That would be so disappointing. <laughs> be like, tell me about 1955, and he's like, no, let me play you some more of my shitty music. <laughs> I don't know. Whoever ends up picking, the... yeah, he wrote "Power of Love." According, to... <laughs> yeah. So. If any, if anyone ends up picking the, uh, the a couple from Friday Night Lights, you're gonna have to hear about Crucifictorious. I demand it now. <laughs> I got somebody on my list. Got, a, got an FNL cup. Me too. Me too. Nice. All right. Calm down, everybody. Um, What's your follow up? My follow up. For first pick of round three is I'm going the uh, the dope date strategy. Right. I want a awesome date, and I also really like these two people's stories. Go on Gossip Girl. I know no one else is. Is anyone else really taking the plunge and watch a bunch of Gossip Girl? I've yeah. seen it. all. I love it. Yeah, great show. Um, Blair and Chuck. All right. Um, sure. They really have the best arc of anyone. Kind of, they're the two rich kids who manipulate everyone and. They're the, you know, star-crossed lovers. They're destined to be together. Um, and kind of, in a Montague and Capulet moment, a couple times in the show, kind of swear away their families to be together. Nice. Um, and they're, like, hella fucking rich. So we're going to go eat, like, some, like, Michelin star restaurant and then, like, go on a yacht somewhere. So that sounds great. Yep. Isn't Chuck not that rich? Don't they live in the apartment? He Chuck is rich at the beginning, and then his dad gets arrested yeah. for white-collar crime, and right. they lose their money. But then he gets the money again somehow. I don't know. It's a. It's been a while since. It's like a CW show, so it's right. The 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 mechanics of it aren't actually that important. Mm -hmm. Sure. And Chuck Bass. I mean, he's he's Chuck Bass. All right. And from your uh, from your talk about Crucifictorious, it it kind of spooked me a little bit. I think I'm jumping a little higher than I would normally. But uh, (laughs) I want to talk to these two people. They seem interesting. uh, Pretty charismatic, and I want to know. What they're going to talk about fucking murdering somebody? I'm going Landry Clark and Tyra Collette. <laughs> nice. Well, you're La- definitely going to hear about Chris Victorious. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I, had, I had Riggins and Tyra on my list. Just, I like Riggins better. <laughs> Landry Clark, it is probably my favorite character from that show. Weird. He's just like a normal guy in a town that's obsessed about football. He yeah. doesn't really have any talent, so I think he's he'd be a great observational view into that town. It wasn't like. Um, too swept up in what was going on. Right. And plus, I'll hear about Chris Victorious. It sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and also, they fucking murdered somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He <laughs> just got and away with it. <laughs> Tyra's really pretty to look at. Yeah. And she's also a pretty strong character when it goes throughout the rest of the show. The, uh, and he he would probably appreciate not having to talk about football for once. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm going to take a couple from one of my favorite romantic comedies. Um, they just seem like good people, but... Mainly, I, I really like the movie. And, and they have a super fun story to tell. Taking Danielle and Matthew from Girl Next Door. Yeah, I was going to pick them. 
Yeah. It's such a sneaky good movie. It yeah, is. I love that movie. It is a good movie, and I like her. But I, I considered it. She didn't. They didn't make my list because I really didn't want like a bunch of. Uh, I don't know, CD characters showing up. Timothy Oliphant shows up. Looking for money. With a giant, like, golden they, they dildo award. at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to have to fix it. But you, maybe you could hang out with well, Paul Dano. Same. You hang out with Paul Dano and Clipsy. Yeah. <laughs> True. I'm going to take uh, Schmidt and Molly from 21 Jump Street. Ah, yeah. Right. Uh, because... I don't know. I often find uh, Jonah Hill's characters, uh, I don't know, approachable and, you know, like characters that I might be friends with. And then you get to add Brie Larson to the mix. Cool. So, and probably listening to their story of how they got together, it's like, yeah, he was actually like 30 years old. <laughs> Isn't that weird when you were 18? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what a ultimate betrayal that you guys all glossed over with that. <laughs> betrayal of your trust. So one thing I might like to do on a double date is play a game with another couple. And, Jigsaw. Uh, so I need to find somebody who likes, <laughs> who likes games. Uh, this guy yeah, really likes video games, and uh, his girlfriend seemed to always put up with it when he was in high school. So i um, taking David Lightman and Jennifer Mack from War Games. Hmm. Matthew yeah. Broderick and his girlfriend. I forget who plays her in that movie. But, uh, but yeah, it's just a couple who are drama free within mm-hmm. their relationship which is something I value I think is yeah. just I don't want like I don't want it to be sitting up, uh, across the table from a fight that's going on at dinner which is what I thought would happen with a lot of high school couples from yeah. movies that sure. I that I researched right. yeah. yeah Blair and Chuck are totally going to argue for most of the meal but <laughs> free I, meal he's like <laughs> but but I get to do dope shit and I got a dope life then <laughs> and they're going to look great doing it yeah back to TJ Back to the DJ again. Uh, I'm going to go... We haven't really dived into this too much. Uh, I'm going to go superhero route. I'm taking Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy from Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, Why Gwen Stacy? Why not MJ? Because I like Gwen Stacy's character a lot better. Yeah. (laughs) Out of the new movies anyway. So are you going with specifically the Tobey Maguire slash... Oh, he's taking Andy uh, Garf's and Emma Stone. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yeah, Emma Stone and and a Garp. Agar or Andy Garfs? I just said Andy Garfs. You said Agar. Which one do we want to go for for Talkie Talk? Or Monday Hater. I like Andy Garfs better. I think yours better. Andy Garfs is good. Pete and Gwen. Yeah. Spee Man. Hmm. All right, we get to the part. Um, this is my fourth pick. Yep. I may have some. We have. We have to leave some couples off here, but I'm going to go for it. It'll be an interesting pick. Uh, it's a date where it's going to be a couple that's on a whole other wavelength. But I'm hoping it's going to be interesting, and they got a semi-interesting story. I'm going to go with Napoleon Di- Napoleon Dynamite and Deb. <laughs> <laughs> Those characters are sweet. Yeah, they're off in their own little wavelength. They're very sweet, and I think we'd have a, a nice little date. <laughs> and maybe we go dancing. And you can get some, <laughs> some awesome tchotchkes to like pin on your clothes after that. Yeah, we could have some make you some perlers. Little, little bracelets. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we go dance. It'll be fun. Well, all right. These are my last two picks. Um, I'm done with the uh, dope date strategy. Yeah. And now into people that I just kind of want to hang out with. And my first shot at that is uh, Daniel and Lindsay from Freaks and Geeks. That's uh, a Lin- Linda Cardellini and uh, James Franco's characters. I was going to do Naked Lindsay on my list. Yeah. I was too. Yeah. But, you know, the show was canceled. I think 
Yeah, Nick kind of was settling, and it would have been maybe a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of awkwardness from Nick yeah. that I kind of don't want to deal with on a date. You know, Daniel is a really confident character. You know, Lindsay's a little swoony about it, but, it, uh, you know, that's going to be a laid-back date, and it's going to be like a, you know, Netflix and chill without the connotations of, you know, doing the sexy stuff during a double date. Yeah. Sure. It's going to be hanging out, maybe back of a van drinking beer. I like that. I like that show. Sure. Nice. And then... I, I can't believe how many TV shows we have on here. Do TV shows do a better job of fully developing so. a relationship? Yeah, you, get, yeah, you get to see so. more of it. Yeah. This is one of the few drafts that has been really TV heavy. Yeah. Um, but then for my last one, I could spoil all you guys and just list off all the ones I have left that I'm going to leave on the table, but I won't do that. We'll do that at the That's end. That's shitty. Yeah. yeah. Um... I'm going to go video games. Um, started it actually Friday night with TJ, but I've seen a whole playthrough of the game. I think it's a great story, and these are two people who are madly in love with each other. They are friends, but they are more than friends. I promise you it exceeds just friendship. Um, <laughs> trust. Believe. Spoils a little bit, but, you know, you're given an option for the true love path, and it's with her. I'm taking Chloe and Max from Life is Strange. Oh, they are a high school couple at a photography school, and much like Veronica Mars, uh, there's lots of like terrible shit that happens in their high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but Max can rewind time, so that's kind of cool. Um, and fix bad options. The date's going to go perfectly. because I really shouldn't have ordered garlic knots. <laughs> <laughs> so I take Chloe and Max as my final pick. Nice. I have that game downloaded. I've been meaning to play it. Was, it. it was free on PS Plus for a yeah. while, so I fired it up after... TJ and I were drunk and too tired to play anymore, uh, overcooked, and fired it up. It's a great story. I just I really love storytelling games like that. Yeah, where they don't even they just, they just take all their shots on story and just like gameplay is kind of secondary. Yeah, and making choices. So choose your own adventure book, but sure, on screen. Well, there's still a lot left on the table. Oof, I'm between two shows right now. Maybe movie. All right, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Dang, this is tough. Yeah, mine's tough too. I'm hoping you narrow it down for me a little bit. I'm, I'm going to take a shot on it. I'm going to go, uh, all my dates have been interesting ones, but with people of, of some kind of means. So this is going to be the one where we're getting fancy shit in California. Right. Nice. I'm doing the OC. I'm doing Seth and, um, I forgot her name, Summer. Seth and Summer. All right. I like, I always liked Seth the most. Did you guys ever watch the OC? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a great show. Yeah. Especially first couple seasons are some really great television. Yeah. Cool. And uh, Seth, you know, uh, reads comic books, is in the geeky stuff, plays video games, and just really interesting how we ended up with Summer, just hearing their story. And they're both rich, so we are going to, after my Napoleon Dynamite date, where we're probably eating chicken fingers at like a Take shack a somewhere, yeah. then, you know, we're going to go all out with... Uh, Seth and Summer. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, my last pick, right? Yep. We're going TV too. We're on a weird one. I'm going uh, Laura and Stefan for Family Matters. Steve Urkel's super cool counterpart. <laughs> like well, that's a weird one. Yeah. Like Laura's a good character. Steve's a good guy, but he fucks everything up all the time. But luckily, they wrote into that show a version of him that doesn't fuck everything up. So I'll take that guy. Go dancing with Laura and Steve. Do they Stephane. ever go on a date together? 
Yeah. The Stefan character? Yeah. No. That's like, because she won't date Steve, she'll date mm. Stefan. That's why he makes the machine. That turns him into Stefan. <laughs> I watch Family Matters a lot. And there's an Urkel robot too at some point, right? <laughs> I don't know about that. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so the last pick... Um, it's going to be better than Stefan and Laura. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe not by a lot. Uh, also going back to the realm of television uh, for the last pick. And uh, for this, this is partially about venue. This is a place I would love to go have a double date, especially if I were in high school. This is just, I guess, I think growing up, this is what I assumed all high Space. school dates awesome. all <laughs> high school dates would be. Um you get the uh, proprietor of the restaurant to come by and do magic tricks occasionally, mm, and no, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, we're heading to the Max yep. and uh, double dating with uh, Zach and Kelly. Kelly is uh, Kelly Kapowski's by far the prettiest to look at, but during the date, however, she's kind of not the one I don't think I'd want to like hang out with the most of the girls on the show. However, I think as a date with Zach and Lisa would be awkward. And a date with Zach and Jesse would also be awkward. Yeah. And uh, I definitely I, want Zach because he can freeze time and that's cool. <laughs> I definitely, I, I had Zach and Lisa down first. But then I started thinking about talking to, to Lisa and how annoying that would get. Yes. Um, same with Jesse Spano. Kelly's definitely the, the pick there, I think. Kelly's also, like, looking back on it, she's just, like, really driven. Which is why she may not be the most interesting. She, like, gets good grades and tries really hard. And yeah. Has a problem with speed at one point, but well, that's she's very motivated. That's Jesse. That's Jesse. Is that not who I said? You you said Kelly, but you were describing Jesse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked Jesse the most, probably of the three of them. I think Jesse's the one I'd be most likely to be friends with. But I don't know the the weirdness of the date aspect with uh, her and Zach was just too much. So yeah, I'm going with Kelly. All right. Does anyone want to talk about who's still up for free agency? Not that we get to pick them, but we had a nice little gentleman's agreement there and didn't cross pick. Uh, yeah. But I had I had I dodged Harry and Jenny, and Xander and Cordelia I had on my list. I had Xander and Cordelia yeah. on my list uh, from Buffy. From Buffy. What about F and L? Anyone else have? I like Matt Saracen and Julie Taylor. I, I know they don't end Matt, up together, but Matt and Julie were high on my list too. Uh, I had Riggins and Tyra. I already said that. So hang out with a felon. That seems cool. Back to <laughs> real, real quick. Back to Xander. I actually considered Xander and Anya. Yeah, because I like Anya more than Cordelia. I think. Yeah. In that setting, Anya has a really interesting perspective on this world. Yeah. Um, I kind of no. like. I kind of like the fish out of water of Cordelia, though. How she kind of slowly comes to grips with this like band of misfits. She does. She, I, I hated the timing of her, you know, departure from the mm-hmm. show because she was. I was really coming around to like Cordelia a lot. Yeah, I had uh, Danny and Sandy from Greece just uh, uh, for the off chance they might break into song and entertain mm-hmm. me. Yeah, for I just them off my list because I didn't want to talk to either one of those fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> anyone else have uh, anyone from that '70s show? I had Eric and Donna. I was thinking. Oh, I didn't even think about that '70s show. In a Kelso and Jackie. Kelso and Jackie. They would be fun. Be Jackie fun and uh, you, you would ha- people would have fun just like talking shit to Kelso and Jackie and watching it just go over their heads. <laughs> and Jackie ends up with Hyde yeah. at some point, and Hyde's pretty funny, sardonic guy. Yeah. But also just like, I think Eric and Donna have real natural mm-hmm. romanticism to them. I was uh, the only one that went superhero, but I had uh, Iceman and Rogue <laughs> on my list. Huh? Yeah. 
make my drink cold. Well, you know they, <laughs> you know they wouldn't be all over each other at least. Yeah, true. <laughs> there's and a chance I get too drunk and die though. <laughs> hey, oh. hey, ah. <laughs> just I, impermissibly touching people. <laughs> That's not what you do. Uh, fall or just trip and fall over. Yeah. And we had a. Did you? End up going? Oh, you didn't end up going Easy A, did you? No, I had talked about Easy A. They were on my list. They were very far down my list. Yeah, yeah. Todd, Todd I, and Olive. I had two chances at uh, Emma Stone. I was also, I was almost gonna pick uh, Seth and Jules from Superbad. Yeah, yeah, Seth and Jules were higher up on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like I, them. I wrote down American Pie, but Jason Biggs is just like I do, so I do not want to be in a room <laughs> with him. I lo- I like Allison Hannigan's character from that. Um, I just assume that Allison Hannigan's character from American Pie. Not, doesn't marry Jason Biggs and grows up and moves to New York City and is in How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> um, back to like Seth and Jules. They're, I really like Jules in that movie a lot. Mm. I think she's a great like high school uh, girlfriend or whatever and or object of affection. And uh, except when it came to me, if I was gonna pick Jonah Hill, I wanted uh, I wanted the cop, the <laughs> somewhat trained Jonah Hill instead of. Uh, Jonah Hill in Superbad is such a doofus. Yeah. Yeah. I had another Jules on my list, though. <laughs> Jules and Mox <laughs> from Varsity Blues. Uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, they're like the most likable characters in that fucking universe. It's, I, I was going to pick a Mean Girls couple before I was informed that it had to be like actual romantic. <laughs> yeah. Because I want to hang out with Damien and Janice Ian. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was really hoping that... Uh, Baby and Johnny, that baby was like in high school at some point in that movie, just so I could go dancing with him. But yeah. she wasn't. She was freshly out of high school. I came very close to picking Brand and Andy from the Goonies. Oh. This is uh, Josh <laughs> Brolin's character yeah. and yeah. his girlfriend. I just figured they'd have fun stories to tell. And we could go have an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. And then I've got, I've got one more on here. It's a quintessential high school movie, but Torrance and Cliff from Bring It On. I wrote that down because yes. I knew that if I didn't mention Bring It On, Kelly would beat me right at home. I also had a, a funny one if I had, like, nobody left. I was going to go Sidney Prescott and Billy Loomis from Scream. Got <laughs> 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 kind of murders, like, her, her, all of her friends and her family. <laughs> just, just like to see it. <laughs> just to watch, just to see a dead body. Why would you choose that? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it would be a funny choice, but maybe just to see the murder in his eyes. Okay. This is presumably before everybody is dead, and spoiler alert, Billy Loomis is dead. Or <laughs> that'd be a pretty uninteresting date. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to run down our, our choices. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm going on five double dates with these couples uh, Ron and Hermione from Harry Potter. Um, not the beginning movies, because you don't want to go babysitting. <laughs> Uh, Marty McFly and Jennifer from Back to the Future, Blair and Chuck from Gossip Girl, Daniel Lindsay from Freaks and Geeks, and then Chloe and Max from Life is Strange. David, your dates. Yeah. Plan them well. Uh, Ted S. Prescott and Princess. <laughs> Ted Theodore Logan. Ted Theodore Logan. My bad. Ted Theodore Logan and Princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, Veronica Mars and Logan from Veronica Mars. Yep. Landry and Tyra from Friday Night Lights. Yep. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite and Deb <laughs> from Napoleon Dynamite. And, and then Seth and Summer from the OC. Yep. Fancy. What do you think Napoleon Dynamite would order on a double date? Tater tots. <laughs> Chicken fingers and tater tots. TJ, your dates. Um, did you think at all about if Cassandra would want to hang out with any of these people? 
No, I asked her if I was. <laughs> I like showed her my list, and I was like, "Am I leaving anything obvious off?" And she just named people that sounded horrible to talk to. Mm-hmm. It's like the but I'm a cheerleader people. It's like okay. God. Because uh, <laughs> looking at this, I think she'd 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 be all right hanging out with these people. Yeah. So we have Ferris and Sloan from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Cher and Josh from Clueless, uh, Danielle and Matthew from Girl Next Door, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy from Spider-Man, um, The Amazing Spider-Man. Andy Garfs. Mm-hmm. Andy Garfs and Emma Stowe's. Uh, name's already short enough. Emstow. Emstow. And Laura and Stefan from Family Matters. Yep. <laughs> I know that Mr. Irrelevant's the last pick, right? Yeah. There has to be a name for whatever you did with Laura and Stefan there. <laughs> it's like Mr. Tra- Penultimate. Trading up in the second round for a kicker. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Brent, your dates are as follows. A Night of the Town with Juno and Polly from Juno. Tara and Willow from Buffy. Schmidt and Molly from 21 Jump Street. Uh, David and Jen from War Games. I called Jen. We're really close. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zach and Kelly from Saved by the Bell. It's a great late round pick. Yeah. I'm surprised the Save by the Bell went so low. I thought for sure TJ, you would have taken a Save by the Bell. Yeah, earlier. they're just kinda kind of annoying. Like I mean they're not I would definitely like what you said is very appropriate for them. But I'm not like I would not be super excited about the company. Yeah. So this is gonna be a weird one to put up and see people's votes because we kinda of have to spell out the universe, but we'll be interested to know what people think about the uh, next five dates we go on as double dates with these folks. Sure. Yeah, you've, you could have already voted. Probably we'll put it up blind, what we've been doing. But yep. if you haven't voted, you can, you can go vote. Yeah. Um, we will uh, abstain from voting for our own so that we keep it anonymous of which one is which. And then after there are sufficient votes, I'm going to slam a vote online. Yeah. <laughs> that was my strategy last time. Yeah. I saw that like I six people had voted, and I was like, blah. <laughs> Not going dead last in another draft. But yeah. Nice. That's it. Now we're done with the main topic. Oh, yeah, Go to the new homework. Yeah. Which, maybe preface a little bit about what we're doing next week, kind sure. of? Who wants to address that? You should. It's your sort of brainchild. You're, uh, you're making us do it. It's your child brain. <laughs> also, yes, also so, I don't know what y'all maybe, I don't know if y'all talked to any about it previously. I don't think so, really. We're going to, um, so we did. Yeah, a little bit. Outline it. Yeah. Right. We've essentially got a, uh, um, a list of questions that, that, don't really have yes or no answers, but they kind of guide us talking through movies once every uh, three weeks. Well, uh, one of us, a different one every every three weeks, will pick a movie that we want to uh, put up to discussion to put in a Talkie Talk Hall of Fame, what we're calling the Talk of Fame. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe some other name later. But, I like um, Talk of Fame. Yeah, I like Talk it's of like Fame. like Walk of Fame. Yeah, I like Walk of Flock of Flame. I walk of Flock of Flame and Talk of Fame. So, uh, yeah, once every three weeks, a different person will uh, bring up a movie, not necessarily that they think should be in, but that they want to go, th- you know, put through our gauntlet of questions we've devised. And then at the end, we'll vote, see if that movie gets in. Uh, three out of four votes carries it. I like calling it the gauntlet, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we're doing the first one next week, and Brent is due up, so we'll have the first nomination. I hate calling it a nomination because it sounds like. You're already like made up my mind that that you think it should be in. I'm just putting this on the floor. Yeah, for, just a submission. Yeah, yeah. first submission. Like best in show, we're evaluating it. So yeah, I didn't. Yeah, we don't really have a track record of these to go by. I don't really know what the norm will ever be, but 
for now, I picked a movie that was a cultural phenomenon at the time, and I I would like to see how well it has aged. I would also like to kind of go back and look and see how good the acting was in it, because there are elements of the movie which were, were clearly great. I kind of want to go back and see if the whole thing was great, if the story and the, the any themes or whatever. And uh, as a result, I'm picking, uh, this just got, I think it just got added to Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, 1999's The Matrix. Fun. So we're going to rewatch The Matrix and delve deep into The Matrix. Yeah. I think that's such a good choice for this because there are people who feel very strongly in favor of it, and I feel like you have to have a very strong opinion as to why you don't like it. Yeah, it's one that I feel like, uh, like the second you said it, you know, you want to be like, yeah, that's going to be in my, my movie Hall of Fame. But watch it critically, and you watch opinion. it critically. And think about it. Maybe not. I don't really know. Especially with all this time um, that's passed since it happened, it's easy to call something like, oh, this is going to be influential. At the time, like this is groundbreaking, but with the hindsight of the, you know, it's been 18 years since it came out. It's crazy. What ground has been broken that this movie trailblazed? Right, and this movie could buy cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and even if, even if I, you know, felt certain that I wanted to put it in my personal Hall of Fame, I, I want to have some better answer to why than because of the the bullet graphics right. or right. whatever. Sure. So and we'll have to answer the question: What does this being in our Hall of Fame mean? Yeah, if it gets in, do we do we yeah. think about its? I mean, we you can't not think of its legacy and its sequels and the stories about it. You know, and like if a movie does one thing really well, that might be enough for one of us yeah. to put it in. I sure. mean, if, I mean, if it is the best movie that is just like undeniably green, like hey, <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way the the questions are devised just to, to guide you through, and in the end, to be able to, to vote yes or no. Yeah. yeah, make sure we cover every aspect of the film. Some something could get could get low marks in nine of the ten questions, but that tenth question could be like, yeah, absolutely, right? Like it has to be answered. Sure. And down the road, if you go to themediabias.com, we'll have a section for the Talk of Fame where uh, all the nominations. Uh, discussions will probably be linked on there, and uh, you can also see the voting history. Maybe, yeah, it'll be, be fun. We'll write dissensions and stuff. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. It may not happen on the Matrix, but I'm looking forward to our first, uh, you know, two-two split or three-one split or whatever. That would be that would be entertaining. Sure. Yeah. But for yeah. now, we got to go back and watch it. Yep. Think about the Matrix. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna watch it with pen and paper. Yeah. This is gonna be something that. We'll sit down with the questions. Yeah, and I wanted it also to be something for us if we were going to analyze it in depth to be something fun to analyze. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that movie, it's not going to be a drag. It's not three hours long. It's not going to be, you know, boring or anything. Right. So It's got Rage Against the Machine in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple times. <laughs> it's got the propeller heads. <laughs> All right, and that does it. Thanks for uh, talking with us on this talkie talk. <laughs> Um, check out our Twitter, our emails, our Facebook groups, our Facebook page. Subscribe to the podcast. Give us uh, whatever rating we deserve. Uh, I want to say thanks to the Will Walkers. Thanks to Boo Rifa for the intro and outro music, respectively. And I want to say thanks to TJ. Yeah. Thanks to Brent. Yep. Thanks to Chris. Mm-hmm. And thanks for listening. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town, slow pokes, long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things.